Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning. Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen uh, with my co-host, Gary Potterfield. Good morning, Gary. Good morning, Merritt. Well, it's been at Vox Optima uh, a bit of Old Testament, it seems like. Um, our general manager relived part of the book of Exodus uh, in her travels from Denver to Southern California this week. Yeah, how about that? <clears throat> I hear it's getting better, though, isn't it? I'm, I, I, maybe, I, maybe I'm wrong. What, the fire or the hail? Yeah, I don't yeah know. all that uh, stuff. I mean, as, 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 <clears throat> yeah, as noted, I, I mean, it's not raining frogs yet, but, you know, all bets are off. Right. Goodness gracious. We've had a heck of a time out there. Yeah, we had a we had a wild hill storm last night and actually it's cool enough this morning there's still pockets of hail that haven't melted yet. Mm, oh it's kind of like summer snow. Except yep. for the tree shredding. Well, see hail has been my friend, I, you know, over the past uh, number of years there, there was one hailstorm that got me a new roof and another hailstorm that got me new siding so I, I can't be too mad at nature is this is this going to be a um, an uncompensated plug for your insurance company <laughs> usaa they were they treated me nice i mean i legitimate yeah. just because god decided right. to rain, rain hail on my on my house but i thank him for it or her you know, though, as we as we talk about kind of the wild summer we're having with you guys flooding on the East Coast and the Western states uh, either being pelted by hail or being set on fire, uh, there's a lot of information about there uh, out there about what could be causing this, and it can be hard to winnow through because there are such strong, seemingly strong, uh, compelling opinions on either side, and it's hard to uh, you know winnow through is. Uh, is climate change uh, accelerating? Um, is climate change a cycle? Is climate change a myth? And uh, we'll be talking uh, today about how to winnow through this information and, and uh, you know make a determination in uh, today's uh, uh, packed information world, determining what's real. Yeah, I think that's a. Um, I think I think about that a lot. I don't know. I critically think about it a lot, but I think about it a lot about what's real, and 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 wondering yourself if you if you, you know, why do you believe what you believe and all this kind of stuff. There's, but this thing can, the more you think, the more you go into it, it can really. Um, um, I mean, I don't think so. Critical thinking is is obviously the topic of the day, but uh, um, not only do I don't think most people do it, I think most people are afraid to do it because of what it may, what it may say to themselves. Boy, I believed I believed X my whole life, and now you're telling me that X isn't true. And so, what does that say about me? My whole worldview is is gone. So, I think that's that. Maybe maybe that's. I think that has a lot to do with things. And I think it's an interesting um, the, the notion of uh, critical thinking. 
um, as a thing in 2018. Um, you, you would get in a liberal arts uh, education as I did under many different guises. Uh, I went to a school where I had to take a year of philosophy and a year of theology and uh, a, a big part. And then because I was an ROTC, they, uh, the ROTC oh. department wanted one of my, my theology um, elective to be on ethics. No, excuse me, my philosophy elective to be on ethics. And uh, so unwittingly, I took a lot of uh, uh, coursework uh, on the topic of determining what you believe. And I think it's interesting that we've taken that whole, it, it seems to me that we've taken the whole uh, spectrum of uh, uh, philosophical uh, thinking of ethics uh, discussion and, and uh, put a new, new label on it. It's kind of like brand journalism and instead of public relations, oh. but is critical thinking just another way of saying, <laughs> another way of saying, uh, read a lot and figure it out? Yeah, well, what I what I find interesting is is that on on any side of any argument, I think that people maybe say that boy, that person over there is not using critical. Maybe they not say this thinking literally this, but they're not using critical thinking because if they were, they'd have my idea. You know, so I mean, so who's right and who's exactly. wrong? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, right. That that's that's very much so. Oh, oh it, yeah. I'm I'm a critical thinker as long as I agree with it. Right. Well, you know, I, I have to say my uh, in- incredible disappointment my freshman year of college and I took, I was all excited about only one class because I was taking, you know, accounting and things which just aren't me. And not that I couldn't do them, it's just, I just, it's not me. But I was, ta- I took philosophy, intro- introduction to philosophy. And <laughs> so in the class I had this, uh, I said this thing about, well, what if, what if my brain, I, I literally said this, what if my brain is like in a bucket of, you know, formaldehyde and there's like wires in it and really everything I'm seeing around here isn't real. It's just like a, some computer feeding this information to me. And the professor looked at me and said, you know, that's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Next. And, and so that, that was it. I was done. I was like, okay, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't what I was expecting philosophy to be. I thought I could have my own, but I wasn't allowed to. Well, I actually... Um... I uh, was horrified to discover at the midterm um, uh, in my introduct- introduction to ethics class, I was making a D at the midterm because the professor and I just fundamentally disagreed on a lot of stuff. <laughs> right. I guess it's got to be, I mean, yeah, can you, if you are an ethics professor, you're a, a philosophy professor, and uh, you probably have strongly held views just like anybody else. You know, how can you, I think any professor, actually, anybody in education, are they, are they willing to say, to, to put, put that down and say, okay, I, I'm willing to accept this student's point of view and not to have their own bias uh, judged? I, I took a wonderful class years ago on, um, in, uh, in college for uh, uh, social problems, and my views on social problems were, I think, diametrically opposed, opposed to the professor's. Um, I think might have changed some since then, but I can, t- I can totally see that. But <laughs> yeah. but but the thing was, it was good. Is that I, he was giving me A's on my papers, even though, you know, he freely admitted that he t- didn't agree with me, it, it, my points. He agreed. So I think that's. I was really impressed by that. I mean, and I really appreciated that. Um, if you can find professors or pe- anyone who, who who's willing to say, you know. I'm my ego isn't damaged by you having a different opinion than me. 
Well, and to be fair, the end of my ethics story is I um, pulled it out to an, an A by the final, and what the professor was uh, uh, very uh, carefully uh, steering me to is, hey, it's okay to disagree with me, but you need to do more than uh, be mad and snarky about it. <laughs> you were mad and snarky? Because, you know, I, I, can, I know, and I can write one heck of a term paper. Oh. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. <laughs> well, once uh, I actually did some research and, and backed it up. W- let me ask you this. Ask me that. So if you, if you take, your, if you take the, the uh, Merritt Hamilton from uh, uh, whatever year that was when you were in uh, 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 Notre Dame and then uh, and, and you move forward to the Merritt, the Merritt uh, Hamilton Allen of today, uh, are you fundamentally the same person from a philo- philosophical uh, you know, belief standpoint or, or dramatically different or somewhere in the middle? You know, I um, I really I think I really am the same, um, and uh, I still think um, Pope John Paul II's treatise *Humana Vitae* um, was a terrible piece of theology, and I thought so in 19, uh, 1990, and I think so in twenty eighteen. Uh, and if you happen to be a Catholic woman, you're probably going to agree with me. Um, and I was very much uh, politically active, as much as I could be in ROTC, uh, and uh, very serious about being a Republican. And I find that being a conservative Republican in 1990 is pretty much, in 2018, like being a uh, center-right, moderate, maybe, maybe libertarian independent, okay. which is where, where I'm at. So uh, what I find is my views have stayed the same, but the labels for those views have shifted. Uh, I remember uh, in high school, you know, I was I was getting ready for school in the morning, and I, I literally I, I said to myself, "I've got it worked out. I have <laughs> I have the meaning of life all worked out." I mean, I was like I was really shocked and impressed with myself. Like, I got it all worked out. I don't even remember what it was I was thinking, but I had it worked out when I was seventeen. Uh, don't have it totally worked out now that I'm not quite seventeen anymore, but I have good ideas. Well, yeah, that's. I think that's something that uh, comes with, for me, it was my 30s, the recognition that uh, uh, you're not always right, um, and more importantly, there's a lot you don't know and will never know, and three, uh, your life is on a, tra- is on a pretty straight trajectory, and uh, uh, what, you, what you thought, the great the phenomenal things you thought you were going to do in your 20s, uh, probably aren't going to happen. So it's, you know, uh, to me, my 30s were a time of pragmatism and settling for adequate. I was going through, uh, I remember different points in my life when I was like, uh, I was basing, judging things based on early on, on Orson Welles for whatever weird reason. No, I know exactly the weird reason. I was like, okay, um, he had done War of the Worlds by this age. I really, I, now what's what's my next milestone that I have to do something worthwhile? And then, okay, he did uh, Citizen Kane. I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. <laughs> In points in my life when I'm like, that guy did that, and what have I done? Uh, that's how I was judging myself, which is, of course, but I can say this much. Uh, at my age, Orson Welles was a balloon. So I win that. I win that, that part <laughs> <Right>. of you. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. 
hey, well, we, we're lucky. We, you know, we're, we're shooting the breeze here and being, I can do critical thinking. I said, you know, I can, I can criticize like the rest, like anybody. But at any rate, we, uh, we actually have a guest, and that's a good thing. So someone can, can, can get us on the straight and narrow of figuring out what this critical thinking thing is all about. Um, we have uh, Darcy Rowland coming to join us in a, in a few minutes, uh, retired uh, uh, from active duty from the Coast Guard and the Army, and uh, she works as an adjunct professor for Navy Senior Enlisted Academy in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. And she did a TEDx talk, and that is so cool. I watched it, and that's neat. Looking forward to that. Um, so uh, we are the brand ambassadors, and if you want to give us a call, please do at uh, 866-472-5790. Drop us a line at uh, email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com, and we'll be back with Darcy Rowland after a short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program welcome back 
for the brand ambassadors and it, it is our critical thinking episode and I'm so excited my favorite critical critical thinker is joining us as our at our guest this week Darcy Rowland is of course a veteran of the sea services because that's a theme on our show she's a veteran of the Coast Guard and the Army and she's an adjunct professor at the Navy Senior Enlisted Academy in Newport more importantly she's my niece because nepotism <laughs> Uh, but uh, what, I, what I'm really excited about talking uh, to Darcy uh, today is you did a TED Talk this year. What was that like? Um, it, was, it was fun. <laughs> I feel like I tripped and Took fell and did a TED Talk out. instead of like <laughs> mindfully doing one. <laughs> so, it, but it was really, it was a lot of fun uh, getting to meet a whole, a whole lot of new people, getting a whole new community of people to, to hang out with, and, and they're just amazing. Um, that, was, that was pretty remarkable. How do those things work? Do they all like... Uh, so, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Merritt. No, it's you. I was just going to say how, those, how, how, how that whole... Because they all look the same, and, you know, they, and, and that's a good thing about them. You always know what a TED Talk looks like. And if, I mean, is, it, is yeah. there multiple things going on that day, or, uh, uh, or, or is it just you? I mean, how does that all work? So, so the TED Talk format, in order to do a TED Talk, there's a whole bunch of steps in order to do a TEDx. So I actually did the TEDx. And uh, TEDx is, is uh, sanctioned. So Ted, Big Ted says, you are allowed to do it, and we give you permission to use the name TED. And it's, a, it's an all-day event. They do them all around the country. And when you're doing it, you, you'll have like three sessions, a morning, mid-morning, and then an afternoon, and you're listening to speakers. Uh, there's a topic, one general theme throughout the whole, through the whole day. And then everybody's topic somehow fits into the, the theme. So for Newport, we did, we, being Newport, we did nautical, and it was capsized. And so... Um, there was a, a process of, of app applying for it, and, and they, they had a, a panel of people, and they, they invited some speakers, and then they, they picked others. And I actually noticed it after the deadline. That's why I kind of feel like I tripped and fell and, and got selected because I was way after the deadline, and I guess they were still looking for people. <laughs> I got lucky. Well, I was... Um... I was uh, I was impressed to see you didn't use any slides. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, some of them are really good when they use their, their they throw their powerpoints up and uh, and uh, and uh, I don't know if that's a re- normally a requirement or or not a requirement, but uh, uh, sometimes I think that they are just uh, it, it is a distraction. Uh, you know, it's a it's a choice, and I personally I I cannot stand slides. I mean, they have their time and their place, but I know for me it's just. Feel like they're often just filler, and they usually don't complement what the speaker is saying. So I try to avoid them. Well, I, I did find, have uh, some people suggest I use slides, but I didn't do it. Yeah, well, the, 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 I think the, the thing about that is with, uh, and I've, I have a, we all have strong opinions about the use of presentations and powerpoints and such. Uh, is that uh, is that you know there's only. The, the myth of uh, multitasking, having the brain being able to look at and, and comprehend different things. And so, yeah, if they're looking at the screen and looking at some bullet as opposed to hearing you, they, they, they're going to miss what you're doing. So I thought that was, that was very good. So, so Ironically, w- w- it was from a TED Talk that I learned about how bullet points kill presentations. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Exactly. There you go. Uh, 
Okay, Merritt was off for a while. She was uh, she was going off. Uh, on, she's gone. Are you, are you on a regular phone now, Merritt? A, 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 I, I am. I was just losing everybody's audio. Yeah, well, mine's mine's All coming right. and going. It's one of those days. My 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 audio is coming and going. So, for those listening in, uh, uh, our apologies if uh, we have some uh, technical issues on our own part. Okay. So anyway, we're t- so uh, Darcy. We're talking until Merrick gets her uh, her her phone uh, total act totally together. Um, so what 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 what, what with the um, what did you get out of it at the end after it's over and now it's been uh, you know it's been some time since you've done it. What what have you gained from that experience? Um, I just the standing up on stage and and delivering a, a a presentation, especially one in a you know it's one thing if you you know teaching I would do it I was at the senior enlisted academy active duty for almost seven years, and so that's a long story in itself how I ended up getting extended that many times but um it's it's a comfortable it's it's like doing it in, at your house so it's a very comfortable environment so it was very different going up on a stage and presenting in a in an environment that is much more unfamiliar so that was you know just the courage to do that that was a that's a big stepping stone and it kind of pushes you outside of your comfort zone and I, I like trying to do things that push you outside of your comfort zone and and like I said it was really fascinating and fun meeting you know new people so I've actually been through that, started working on a couple of projects with some of the people that I met through the TED Talk. So that's been another thing that's happened. So we'll see what we'll see what comes up in the future. But you know, and then, the, uh, but the scariest thing for me was was having it recorded and shared on the interwebs. And um, people can be mean on the internet. So that's been that was yeah. my biggest uh, thing to have to overcome. Is like somebody might just say some really nasty stuff. And um, so that's the mental prep for that. So then being okay with right. being, you know, the possibility of having somebody just say nasty stuff to I'm like, okay. But I mean, yeah. so far so good. I haven't had anybody reach out to me and, and send me an email yet. I, I say yet because it could still happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing so is, I, I Stacey, go, uh, go ahead, Merritt. Oh, good. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll come back um, to the uh, mechanics of giving a TED Talk. But I also... Uh, when did you determine that in your uh, uh, long teaching career uh, in Newport that critical thinking was a gap you wanted to address? Well, that's an interesting story because shortly after I got to the Senior Enlisted Academy, we kept talking about critical thinking, and we want the students to be critical thinking, and we want to see critical thinking in the assignments. So it was this buzzword. We were using this word critical thinking that we wanted to see, but then it just, we kind of realized nobody really had a handle on what critical thinking really was. We all kind of had our own ideas of, of critical thinking. And when it came down to it, most of us attributed critical thinking to problem solving. And, and that's a big, big mistake because you can be a great problem solver, and a terrible critical thinker, which means that you solve the problem but maybe not in the best way possible because you didn't employ the critical thinking skills. So that was pretty early on. And then the military does what the military does. And after saying that somebody needed to develop this class, um, 
one of the the people there when he said darcy you're going to you're going to be the person to research it and build this class and so i got to learn all about it firsthand and it really knocked some of my foundation of what i thought it was off too cuz i i didn't know either and so it was really it was very eye opening to see how how bad we get it on a regular basis do you think um Darcy, that uh, from, from the senior enlisted academy point of view, from the military point of view, I mean, it is, I mean, I would suppose that everyone's going to say the politically correct thing that critical thinking is important and we want it, but does it in some ways go counter to the idea of, you know, following orders and doing what you're told kind of thing? Absolutely. And I, I find it interesting. One of the nice things about being at the senior enlisted academy is you get to, because we're attached with the Naval War College, is you, you get to hear what people at the high levels are really thinking, and they want people to challenge. However, it doesn't always filter down because then it turns into the ego war of, of uh, I'm in charge. So it's, it's a fine balance, and then you, you get to that leadership and communication. How do I communicate this idea when it may actually go against what somebody who's in charge wants to do. So it's a very delicate balance, especially in a military. Well, I'm not going to say especially just in a military, in, in a civilian world too, because there you could start a project, have money on the line, find out you're doing it all wrong, and then need to backtrack, and then that, that's a, another big problem. So it happens in, in, in many areas. Well, I think it's uh, uh, really interesting because I just think about um, the Coast Guard mission, and I think uh, more than some of the other services, particularly uh, when you're on uh, drug interdiction patrols, uh, you've got to make uh, pretty major decisions pretty fast in almost total isolation. Do you think um, that experience uh, uh, got, got you a little more interested in just checking the critical thinking box and really... Uh, 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 bringing forward some skills in your students? You know, I, I think that that did. I, I, in my Coast Guard career, I did not have to go back to boot camp because I did it in the Army. And, um, but, but my ex-husband, he did, and he went back to boot camp. And, he, and I remember something that he said there. He goes, he goes and you need to enjoy this time because this is going to be one of the last times somebody tells you what to do. And they were really trying to impress upon that, 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 that mindset that when you're out in, in the world and doing your Coast Guard mission, you might be the, a very low-ranking person, but you, you might have to make some pretty tough decisions without having somebody to tell you what to do. And so that really, it stuck with me. And so that, that, that mindset of, and then, you know, shifting over and seeing and I love I love my Navy brothers and sisters, but seeing very much the the I'm in charge, um, I'm the master chief, do what I say, and then you know trying to to balance that. And there's a very different culture there in the Navy than than the Coast Guard when it comes to that responsibility. The Marine Corps is a little bit more on par because they do ask a lot of of their their young people because they're leading in some very hairy situations. I, I think that's a um um, uh, an absolutely uh, uh, critical element. You, you have to think about not just what the senior uh, senior leaders uh, need to be doing, but you've got to think about their audience. Uh, 
and that would be uh, the young folks just coming into uh, just coming into the military and what formed their worldview and uh, how they prefer to receive information and what is relevant to them. Is that something uh, you found yourself looking at? Uh, well, that that's important in, in just communication as a whole. Right. I wouldn't say that that's necessarily just your critical thinking arena. That's that's just communication. And, and you know, at the Senior Enlisted Academy, one of the things – you walk away. Hopefully, let's, let's you pick walk up on away. That. We need to. We need to run to break, and I think we're finally going to straighten out some of our audio issues. So, uh, pardon me for cutting you off. Uh, we're talking with Darcy Rowland. Oh, no You're worries. listening to the Brand Ambassadors. Uh, please come right back. We'll be back in three minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program welcome back to the brand ambassadors i'm gary potterfield along with Merritt hamilton allen 
and our guest today, Darcy Rowland. And uh, real quick, hey, Merritt, you know, I'm, I'm so I'm talking on my cell phone this time now. I call it with my cell phone because my Skype wasn't working very well, and it's reminding me of listening to uh, like a like an old AM transistor radio. So now I know what it's like to call in as a, as a guest, I suppose. So uh, at any rate. Um, uh, Darcy, Merritt and I were talking about something in the first segment, and, uh, and and I'm curious to see get your your opinion on this and what you've uh, either your opinion or what you've researched. It seems to me that uh, that uh, one of the problems with critical thinking is that people have these these beliefs uh, that are a core part of their self identity, and so therefore to take another opinion to look at things differently is to risk that identity and i think that may hold people back that's 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 my opinion i don't know if it's true or not but what's your experience um, absolutely that well you know you're 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 asking somebody to fundamentally change what they've always believed in that's why ideas are easier to change than beliefs um, it's 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 unfortunate because you know most of the time with the belief system that's where cognitive dissonance comes in and you'll double down on, on something because you believe in it. And sometimes it's just a matter of not wanting to be wrong. But that's definitely a tough thing for people. It's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, that, that's uh, interesting when you uh, also mentioned, you know, you were, you were bracing for potential Internet uh, backlash from your TED Talk. Uh, I'm curious, how did you take... Um, what you'd been doing at the Senior Enlisted Academy, you know, through a multi-week course and distill it down to 10 minutes for a TED Talk. What was, the, what was that process like? Uh, well, I, I, I went through and I had a specific message that I wanted to... I didn't want to teach people critical thinking. I wanted to just explain that it's important. So that's a, that was really what I was kind of focusing on and why we need it. And, especially, you know... It, it, Today, it's, you can see it so, it's, it's so readily available, the need to, to become a good critical thinker. I mean, I was just uh, in a fine Facebook discussion with somebody the other day, and they posted an article to support their belief about the state of the economy. And I said, well, let's look at it, look at it from a critical thinking standpoint. I said, you took a, uh, let's start with the publication. We, we know it's, it's a conservative publication. Let's shift to um, the, the data in there. And the data points don't really say anything. The only thing that supported your idea was the headline. So at the end of the day, it was kind of like eating a bologna sandwich. There was no nutrition in it. So, you know, that's, uh, the point was that I wanted people to start seeing that we really need to start examining things differently. And I didn't want to teach the class. That was, that was the big thing is to teach the class. I mean, the class itself is not exactly a long block, but then it's, it's sprinkling it throughout, you know, nine weeks or 12 weeks or, you know, however long, because we've, we've changed that the number of weeks the class is several times, but sprinkling it throughout to make sure that people are staying focused on that. But that was really making sure that the message was, we need to start doing this. Well, I have to tell you, Darcy, uh, our, our chances of getting Oscar Meyer now to sponsor us are just shot with your comments about baloney. So just thought, I thought I'd bring uh, that up. No. My apologies. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, uh, what I'm thinking about, obviously, you know, from a point of view of large organizations, small organizations, businesses, I mean, maybe it's self-evident, maybe it's not. Uh, what do you think is the benefit? I mean, 
the cost or the, be- the, the benefit of using critical thinking in business. I, I don't know if it's self-evident or not. Well, I would say, I mean, if you, if you look at some of the, the big corporations that have evolved and stayed relevant, I don't know if you've read uh, Good to Great, but one of the things that you notice in there, aside from having leaders that are, that are very humble, um, but they're always evolving and always reexamining. So they were staying ahead of the market <clears throat> and, um, and, and, and keeping mindful. I mean, if you look at what happened to, you know, say some of the, the companies that, that made cameras, they weren't necessarily paying attention to what was going on. So from a critical thinking standpoint, there wasn't enough going on. It was, this has been working us with, for us for years. Let's keep doing it. Well, that doesn't, it doesn't work in today's market. I mean, right now, looking at the sharing economy, aside from, aside from uh, towns and cities having to figure out how to manage it at a very quick pace because it snuck up on them. I mean, look at, look at cabs in New York having to compete with Uber and Lyft. And I, I, when we were in New Orleans recently, I was, I was pretty impressed. I was like, there was a cab driver who was actually on Uber and Lyft. So I was just like, so this person is actually trying to look at it from a different standpoint. So, yeah, it, it's important, and some businesses are going to die because they aren't going to take that critical thinking approach of what's, what's going on and, and trying to stick with the model that used to work. Well, uh, I think... Uh, I think I think we're talking uh, uh, critical thinking. I don't know. I feel like in our small business, uh, Gary, we we have to. Um, I don't think we've got a luxury of having a corporate philosophy um, and manual and style guide that comes uh, down on us. We have to adapt to our clients. Uh, and if, any, if, if there's anything that were our manual, it's basically um, driven by our clients' needs. So uh, I, th- I think that's I think that's an interesting uh, uh, interesting element of it. Where do you, uh, Darcy? Where do you see? Um, do you have any examples of organizations who seem to do a great job of embracing critical thinking as a philosophy? Oh, I can't think of any right now. <laughs> Do you think, are you willing to list some who do a terrible job? I think the opposite um, side I, of it is what's interesting. You'd mentioned about companies that they were camera camera companies that you know didn't maybe didn't make the move. I remember a number of years ago uh, reading about the uh, the Swiss the Swiss uh, watchmakers and how they, they they pretty much lost. They were it. You know, back then they they were it, right? And, but they they kind of refused to to, to uh, acknowledge. Uh, what was happening in the in watchmaking and lost uh, ma- major share of uh, uh, you know of that of that industry. So, well, and, and certainly in Vox Optima, when we when we started in two thousand and five, we were doing a lot of no kidding paper print publications for clients. And right, uh, if we decided that we were going to be. Um, uh, a design and layout for print uh, a house, we would be out of business now. Mm-hmm. I think there's another thing, Merritt. You talked about the fact that we in Vox Optima, you know, we're, we're small and we have to, you know, we can't afford to have, you know, be, be I guess, you know, rigid in, in that regard. And absolutely, we can't. I don't think we are at all. But I think, regardless of the size of organization, and and uh, and I, I, it, it, 
being a lone voice can, can be intimidating to people. And so I think sometimes the, the, the ability to stand up and say, boy, everyone's saying X, but I believe Y, but, but there's so much, you know, can you speak up and say, I, despite everything you all are saying, and I think you're all great people, I believe Y. You know, I think that's one of the problems. Uh, I don't know if it's much about critical thinking, but having the courage of your convictions, maybe. There's, you know, that's interesting. That's a phenomenon um, that, that, that happens. And, you know, if you go around country to country, corporation to corporation, they all think that it's a cultural problem within themselves. But really, it's, um, there's a, there's a, for somebody who speaks out against the company and what the company is doing, generally they're painted as being a whistleblower. And whistleblowers are, the narrative of the whistleblower is that they hate the company and they're bad and they're trying to destroy it. When the irony is, is most whistleblowers actually have deep loyalty to the companies and they want to see it succeed. And so they see that, that the direction that the company's going is, is, is a bad one. So there's some narratives that, that have been created to discourage whistleblowing. But there's also that willful blindness that people have where they'll put on the blinders because there's the belief that even if I do something or try to say something, nobody will believe me or it won't matter. And so that's a cultural thing that happens in, in many organizations. And from a leadership standpoint, that's, you know, that's why they have, you know, books and whatnot about how to get the feedback and how to, how to get this information back up there. So you could be the best critical thinker, but uh, there comes a point in time where the culture of the organization needs to encourage that type of information to come back. I mean, the aviation community and the hospitals were places where they really had to do it, but that's because of safety. That's it. That's interesting. Um, and I do remember uh, critical pathways. I, I was stationed at a Navy hospital 20, 22 years ago, 23 years ago, and uh, critical pathways were uh, be- became. Um, uh, they were just coming, um, I guess, into vogue and being adopted. And it was fascinating watching the change on what had been, uh, how medicine was practiced before, and then following critical pathways. And, of course, a lot of that was driven from a business model and managed care, uh, ensuring that um, uh, people were getting the tests they needed, not the tests the doctors just felt like, felt like giving. But I, I think there's a, mm-hmm. a back and forth in that because it also, I think a lot of uh, physicians and healthcare providers felt like they were losing their autonomy. And that's the, the challenge uh, of critical thinking, uh, not only just the um, what if I'm wrong, uh, but also why wh- why does my training matter if I'm if I'm going to if I'm going to go down this uh, uh, critical pathway, uh, regardless. So um, I want to talk. I, I, I definitely want to pick up on that thread. I'm so glad our audio is back. Thanks to our Starward engineer, Aaron. Uh, we will be back in just a couple minutes for our last segment with Darcy Rowland. We're talking about critical thinking. Please send us your questions at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. 
good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program welcome back to the brand ambassadors i am gary potterfield along with Merritt hamilton allen uh, and our guest this week, uh, uh, Darcy Rowland, we are talking about critical thinking. And, it, and while it can be a, a, a very a big topic, we could, there's probably lots that we could discuss about it. But as we come toward our last, and we're in our last segment here, Darcy, uh, do you have any suggestions, simple steps people can take if they're, if they're concerned about, you know, they want to apply 
critical thinking to what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, the first and probably the most difficult piece of critical thinking is that it's a never-ending process. So it's not something that you get to say that you read a book one day or you sat in a critical thinking class. You get to check it off and be like, I got this critical thinking thing. You've got to actually, you know, work at it, practice it, and apply it every day. Um, I find now that I've learned about critical thinking when I read headlines when I'm scrolling my social media feed, I always say things like, this is just the headline, I haven't researched it or verified the article. And then, because I always, you know, the clickbait, it's always fun. But um, when you do, you know, get to article, I mean, social media is probably one of the biggest places you'll, you'll see it with memes and, and whatnot. There's, you know, just doing Google searches to find out if, if a picture is, is accurate or not, that's, that's a step in the right direction. Um, um, checking the sources because there's plenty of things that uh, websites and articles that look like they're they're legitimate and real, but when you look at them, they can be parodies, they can be puns, they can be um, you know the, not legitimate news outlets. So checking your sources, and then once you, if it is a legitimate source, you know find out is this is this source skewed either to the left or to the right because it's going to paint you know part of what's in the article that you're reading. Uh, and then when you go through, if you find yourself like, yeah, I agree with this, it's probably because it's, it's slanted towards your favor. And um, so just know that going in. But, but if you were to take two articles and put them side by side and just highlight the facts, the facts are probably going to be spot on on both sides. It's just how the facts are written in a way that makes you either agree with it or disagree with it. So you really got to apply the work in order to, to look at things from that, the different lens. And it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. You've got to actually, <laughs> you gotta, you got to do some digging if you want to find out the truth in things. I think, I, when it, particularly when it comes to news articles, I think it's very worthwhile to look up the ownership and the history of the outlet. And Agreed. it's pretty easy to determine if there's um, a specific bias built in or if the organization doesn't even care uh, about, uh, about facts. And it, it doesn't take, to me, that long, uh, with the, with the, even with the wonky Internet connection like I have, to figure that out. My favorite example I've mentioned before, Darcy, um, IJR started as a conservative news site. And... In the last couple of years, they've split, and they have a liberal news feed that's IJR Blue and a conservative one that's IJR Red, so they can capture uh, more, more views and more pickups and sell more ads. And I love that. There's a company just packaging its news to a specific audience and both audiences uh, uh, for uh, market share and ad revenue. And it's and it's uh, that's the world we live in, where as long as you package it so that way somebody reads it and feels good and agrees with what you know their worldview is, it, it's unfortunate that that's where we're at. And people should be if you walk away from every article you read and it just validates the way you see the world, then you're probably not really pushing yourself beyond your boundaries and, and seeing what's out there. I mean, I've even taken to reading some Breitbart articles and I'm not necessarily a fan of the site. However, if, if I boil down, like I said, the facts, I'm like, you got that on, but then the way that it's written is in such a polarizing way. And it just, it, 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 uh, 
supports some people's world view of how they see the world, and so they feel very justified in, in what, they, what they see in life. I have this thought, and I don't know if it's, uh, it's valid or not, but I'm just, as, we're ta- as we're, I'm listening to both of you, this idea that may, uh, may, may be a way to, to help in this is, what if you were to decide, just coming to me just now, if you, had this, if you said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at an article, um, and I'm going to make sure I look at an article that is, is contrary to my worldview, and I'm going to do my best to try to embrace it and say, this is my, uh, uh, th- just pretend for a minute that you are on the other side and you want to, and you, and you do everything you can to say, I want to take this point of view. I'm going to look, I wonder if that can break through some of your own biases or if it's just uh, uh, an exercise in futility. Well, some people it would work really well with, but then, you know, you go back to what you said in the beginning about beliefs, and if your belief is being, you know, shaken, then it, it's a lot more difficult. You know, ideas are easier to change, beliefs are a lot harder. So uh, it, it depends on, on how, where, where it fits in your value system and your belief system. If it's just an idea you have, you might be able to look at it differently. If it's part of your, your, your core structure of beliefs, then you may be, you, you you may attack it a bit more, but I mean that's the other thing that happens when you're, is a, if you you're, it's a lot easier to find fault and flaws in somebody who has a different opinion than you, and it's a lot easier to agree with the people who, who agree with you. So um, the challenge is, is as you're reading the article, can you read it without getting into the attack mode of just like this is wrong, and that's where things get tough. Right. Right. Now, I, I, uh, I, I've got a final question for you. You talked about bracing yourself for the negative feedback. What's the best feedback you've gotten from your TED Talk? You know, I've been surprised because it's, it's, uh, I had a lot of students reach out to me, former students, and um, one of them, actually, we had a conversation because he's, he's at the Naval Academy right now. And so he's one of the one of the chiefs there, and I'm, and he said he wants to you know set up and do TED talks, and he actually had just watched it, and he and he realized how important because he he had a, a faux pas of critical thinking his um of his own of uh, where he mischaracterized and misjudged somebody when something was uh was missing, and he assumed that this particular person had taken it and they hadn't, and um. And he realized that he needed to do some critical thinking on his own. But yeah, that was, uh, so a lot of, I've gotten a lot more support and a lot of it came from a lot of former students in the Navy. That's awesome. Uh, and I think uh, as, of course, as Navy veterans, Gary and I are really pleased to hear that um, uh, your vision is uh, being picked up. And I love that it's uh, even reaching the Naval Academy. I think that's great news. If you want to hear more uh, from Darcy, um, her TED Talk is called Penny for Your Critical Thoughts. You can Google for that. And follow her blog at swelltimesahead.com. Uh, Darcy, uh, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, your uncle's just gotten up. He says, hey, uh, for Gary Potterfield, I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen. Uh, we'll see you next week on The Brand Ambassadors. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.